Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 117. Mm. My name's Tyler, and I'm finally back with Matt after a long hiatus for us. Nice to see you. I think it's been a month, roughly, since we recorded. Wow. Hmm. Do you think the podcast, like, it'll sound different to people now? Like, there's going to be, like, new, like, we'll just have, like, different personalities slightly? Yeah, this is probably the episode people look back at and say, I think this is where they really turned a corner. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> probably bad. It's like it's like when you go to, you go home for the summer, like, school's out for the summer, then you come back in the fall, Ooh, and you're, yeah. like, middle school, so your friends all look different. That's so, us now. So, Tyler, how'd you spend your summer vacation? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I went to Romania. I went to Shamina. I went to the East Coast. Mm. I went to Kentucky. Mm. I worked in the office. Wedged that in a little bit to get ready for the school year. Mm. For us, the school year starts, the youth group starts tonight. So, Oof. very excited about that. This is a big day for Tyler, everybody. It like, is. is this kind of like, uh, you have like first day of school vibes? or um... No, because I was never excited for the first day of school. <laughs> But you are, I know that you are legitimately super excited for tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, really am. It varies year to year. Some years I'm not that excited, but this year, like, this is probably the most excited I've been for the beginning of a school year. Is Christmas morning, like, a good analogy for how you're feeling? Um, no, because Christmas morning is easy. I don't expect the year of youth group will be easy. But it's, I mean, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm glorifying God through doing this, and it's very exciting. Christmas morning is kind of easy. It is. You wake up. Well, I open presents at night. So you wake up and you open your stocking and then you watch the NBA, I guess. <laughs> I'm usually sitting there with a cup of coffee, real leisure like. Like mm-hmm. I assume a posture on Christmas Day, Christmas morning that I typically never assume. Yeah. Like total leisure. That's probably good. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. you could do that more often. That might be good yeah. for you. I think I kind of get there sometimes, but there's just a different vibe on Christmas morning. Yeah. Like there's like no other day that's like, I really don't have to do anything today. Right. Exactly. Existing alongside your family is like the only yeah. requirement. Except so for can... last year when you had to preach. Because <laughs> was it Christmas on a Sunday last year? I think year? it was. Yeah. 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 Some years are like that. Well, episode 117 of the Valley View podcast is being sponsored by Jennifer's Greenhouse. Hmm. Awesome. Located in beautiful Richfield, Minnesota, we are your family-owned and family-run center for all things green and growing. Fall specials are currently running for uh, gourds and some specialty vines. Bring the kids uh, to our fall corn maze and tractor rides. We have on-site concessions and clowns. Browse our selection of potted plants and fresh flowers that you can give to your wife or girlfriend. Nice. Sounds like a helpful place. Jennifer herself is always on site for flower and plant consultation. Always. Every she, at every moment she lives there. Wow. There's a parsonage. <laughs> Jennifer is all Jennifer herself is always on site for flower and plant consultations and advice. Now offering flower rentals for weddings. Ask Jennifer for more information on that um, rental opportunity. Jennifer's Greenhouse in Richfield, grow your way to a better tomorrow. Wow. Thanks, Jennifer. (laughs) I want to ask you this live on the podcast, and then we'll get in. I know you said we have some real and prospective listener questions. We do, yes. um, Would you ever do the hot chicken thing again? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought that today I was... I don't know what I was doing. I was probably going to the bathroom or something. I was like, man, I would do that again. I would suffer through the bomb again. Okay. What would be, um, 
uh, why would you do it again? And like, are you talking about doing it on the podcast again or just doing it again in general? I th- I think on the podcast would be cool. And like, we'd want to mix it up somehow, mm-hmm. right? Like we could be interviewing somebody or somebody else could be interviewing. Like we'd have, we wouldn't want to do the exact same format, but I just, I think it would be fun. <laughs> Especially because yeah. honestly, the reason I thought of it is because I eat a lot more hot sauce than I did a year ago at this time. So I just feel like I could do the bomb better. Hmm. Okay. I want to try it without milk again. Okay. All right. So that's part of it is you want to see if you can do better than you did last time. Yeah. Have I grown in the last year? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I would definitely do it again. And I think um, the bomb was not, maybe not quite as bad as I thought it would be. So I think uh, I would go for it again. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought it was going to be pretty bad. It was was bad. It was worse than I thought it would be. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. We... Now we'll do. That was Tyler's listener question, even though I'm not a listener. Okay. Now we'll do some other listener questions. <laughs> All right. Um, I've got three questions here. So thank you to our listeners. We don't spend enough time thanking our our listeners. Yeah. We love you guys. See if you can guess which of the listener questions is an imposter. Which of the which of the listeners is a perspective and not a legitimate go. listener? Okay. Two kind of like two truths and a lie. Yeah, that's what this listener questions uh, segment is about. Okay, this one comes from someone named Liz in Montello, Montello, Wisconsin. So this is from Liz in Montello. What does your generation think of Beyonce? Is that me? Or, uh, or you because we're not the same generation it's, it's both okay yeah what is your generation so matt what does your generation think of beyonce tyler what does your generation think of beyonce huh ah, thanks thanks for the question liz great question tyler i'll let you take the first swing i mean she's an icon i don't know like i really don't think i've ever listened to a beyonce song i don't really care particularly but she like in every generation there are just names that everybody knows and if you meet somebody who doesn't know the name, you're like, you have been under a rock for your whole life. Beyonce is is an icon for my generation. Um, what does it say about me if I know who Beyonce is and I could pick her out of a lineup, but I don't know any of her songs or what she really stands for? Um, do you think that that's characteristic of your generation or no? Uh, no. Well, I think my generation um, knows pretty solidly like who she is. Most people could probably name, you know, several songs or a okay. handful of songs and like, you know, famous appearances she's made. Like if she's done the Super Bowl, I don't know if she has. Did she, she just she did the Super Bowl last year? Okay, yeah. That's probably why that was. You remember all the kids at your house crying because I turned the halftime show <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. I know very little about Beyonce, but I think I'm unique for my generation. For the record, I didn't turn the halftime show off because she did anything that was bad that I saw. I just turned it off because it's my practice because we had a Super Bowl party at my church growing up and the infamous Janet Jackson show was Mm -hmm. when I was a young child. So it's just always been my practice that people turn the halftime show off at church Super Bowl parties. Because you never know. You never know what'll happen, dude. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I think my generation probably has a favorable view of Mm -hmm. Beyonce. Yeah. Um, why do you think, uh, why is she an icon? Like what makes her unique among performers? Okay. Sort of I'm going to be honest. I'm closer to you than I am to people. Like, I just don't know that much about her. Mm-hmm. I would guess because she's attractive and good at singing. Okay. That yeah. that would be my guess because she does have like an amazing voice. The, the like very little I've heard of her. Mm-hmm. She has, she can hit notes that not everyone can hit. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I guess I don't really know. 
I mean, I why are people into Taylor Swift? Uh, probably the reasons that you just outlined for Beyonce. Yeah. That's the formula, right? I mean, I think that's what it is. And I think certain people come at the right time and find the right niche that they just explode. Yeah. And the one thing about Taylor Swift that I'd probably add is she does seem to be an amazing songwriter herself. Sure. I don't know if Beyonce writes her own songs or if someone writes for her, but um, uh, I think that skill like is pretty pretty unique. And not to make this a Taylor Swift discussion, but Taylor Swift has also been very good at changing her style to fit changing mm-hmm. generations and just create more sounds that fit under her umbrella. Uh, I don't know if Beyonce's done that or not, but okay. that would be my other speculation on T Swift. Cool. That like if if she had been doing sorry if she had been doing her first album sound for uh-huh. twenty years, I don't think she'd be as big. Mm. But because she like aged with her first fans mm-hmm. and picked up new fans mm-hmm. and then aged with it like that that's why i think she's been big because she is able to change her sound to fit the generation that she's singing to do you think Dabo sweeney could learn anything from Taylor swift um i don't know <laughs> Dabo sweet you know who Dabo is yeah clemson clemson head coach um clemson just got blown out the other night and people are by saying duke, right by duke Ugh. yeah so clemson's gone downhill really fast and right now you know the popular line is that he just hasn't adjusted with the times yeah and he's kind of falling by him by yeah and like yeah. it's passed him by it sounds like if he and taylor sat down for a heart to heart maybe she would have she some... talk some sense to him yeah like hey um dabo i was willing to adjust my sound to the different tastes of of the culture as time went by i'm not carrying my same sound from you know, when I started. Like till now. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Dabo, about um, taking that and applying that same concept into your football world? Changing your defensive scheme a little bit, maybe your play calling. Yeah. I'd love to see how he would respond to that. That's a great question, Liz. Thank you, Liz and Montello, for asking about Beyonce. Um, all right. This next question comes from Neil in Cambridge, Minnesota. What do you want, Tyler? What do you want to say about Cambridge? I mean, this is where you grew up, really close, right? Graduated there. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to make any assumptions about Neil right off the bat, just based on the fact that he's from Cambridge? I don't want to say anything because I want the listeners to DM me at Pull Votes Tyler to tell me who the real or fake one is. Okay. All right. Um, Neil in Cambridge wants to know, or this is his 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 question. He says, "I I would like to practice Christian hospitality uh, to my unsaved neighbor." By inviting him over for dinner. That sounds like a great idea. Good job, Neil. Yeah. However, he is fond of colorful language, and I have young children. What should I do? What would you do? So it sounds to me like he's concerned that if he invites this neighbor to dinner, that his neighbor is going to use colorful language that his kids are going to hear. And he doesn't want his kids to uh, hear those words or maybe repeat his sure. neighbor's pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you well, want to know what I would do? I do want to know what you would do. Okay. I have my thoughts, but you have kids. So right. what, what you say is going to mean more to the listeners because I'm just speculating. You actually have kids and this could be a situation for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, uh, number one, I think I would go ahead and invite him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, number two, I don't think I would say anything to the kids ahead of time. Hmm. Um, I think I would give the, my neighbor the benefit of the doubt that, you know, coming into this kind of environment, you know, he maybe he knows, you know, what language is appropriate for kids. Yeah. Then I think like after the fact, if if some things are said that I feel like need some explanation or like if he does use some 
colorful language that um, maybe I would have a conversation with our kids about what was said and um, just kind of like, I probably want to take it in the direction of uh, this man uh, like doesn't know Jesus like we do. And when people don't know Jesus, know Jesus, they sometimes say things in ways that strike us as like strange or inappropriate. And that doesn't mean that we're better than them. Um, we just choose to live a different way. Like, watching our words, make sure that every word that comes out of our mouth is useful for building up, you know, and mm -hmm. um, some of those exhortations that we have from the Bible. So I think I'd try to walk that line by saying like, you know, this is not our practice, um, but we don't want to like be condemning toward him. We want to love him uh, and not hold him to the standard that we have for ourselves in Christ. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I mean, I maybe I should have gone first because your answer is way more formed than mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll just my first inclination was, yeah, I would definitely still invite the person, and I think when I was first thinking about it, I would have said, and I probably like tell my kids that he might say things that sound weird, like sound weird that you disagree with or sound inappropriate, mm -hmm. and. I mean, that's okay. We can still like, he's Jesus still loves him and we can still interact with him. Yeah. So I guess the difference was that I would have the conversation on the front end and you would on the back end. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, when you explain it, I kind of think the back end makes more sense because it might not even come up. Like if you talk about it before, then your kids are going into it probably on their guard and maybe afraid of this dude. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. That makes sense. Like why, why put up the walls in advance if in the end it doesn't turn out to be anything. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. Well, Neil, I mean, awesome, brother. That's um, pretty cool that you're trying to get to know your neighbor and have them over. Um, have you ever, Tyler, have you ever hosted someone at your table that um, was kind of a stretch for you, brought you out of your comfort zone? No, but that I think that's mostly because I've lived in small apartments mm -hmm. at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. We're not really the like hosting venue very often. Yeah. Yeah, I know that stage of life too. Yeah, I'm not a, yeah, I think I will be excited to do that when i have a space to do it yeah yeah very good all right thank you uh, for that question neil and thanks for being a listener of the valley view podcast um the our last listener question this is uh, someone submitted this one anonymously what happens when a christian dies <laughs> um that is a great question. I don't think we've talked about that before on the podcast, but this person is interested in what happens to our body, what happens to our soul. Are we in heaven? Are we not in heaven? What what happens? Uh, where would you start the conversation, Tyler? Uh, I would probably... i probably start... Well, it depends on how spicy I'm feeling that day. Because I feel like the the best thing for me to say is just say, like, you will be with Jesus because of the verse that's like, when you're absent at body, you're at home with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and to speculate further than that, I mean, we can do. there. I mean, I'm assuming you're opening to a place that will help us get a little farther than that. But <laughs> I'm opening my Bible. That's that's what I'm confident in saying is, like, you will be with Christ because that is ultimate. I mean, yeah, it's Paul to to. Like, what if I'm not you, I'm with Christ. Like, if I'm not here with you, I'm at home with the Lord. And that's better by far. So do you think that means that, uh, be, do you think 
being with the Lord or being with Christ means that we're with him in bodily form. Oh, um, like a, having a body that sure. is visible or tangible. If it is bodily, it's the new resurrection body. I would say, <clears throat> I don't, I don't think we'd be in the bodies that we're in now. Um, but I guess, yeah, I haven't really thought about the, like the mechanics of that. Like, do we get the resurrection body right when we die or is it not until judgment day? Mm-hmm. I think I would like, I think the reason I would, would say right when we die is that like Jesus didn't have to wait until judgment day to get a resurrection body, but but at the same time, he's the first fruit. So things are different for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Things could be different for him, I guess, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I, I'll try to keep this as simple as I can and just make a few points. I think the Bible, like Tyler said, clearly teaches that um, when we die, we are present with the Lord. And I think... Not a soul sleep guy? Yeah. not a, <laughs> Exactly. And is it specifically because of that? Second Corinthians 5. Right. Um, and I think I would lean toward the the um, idea that we do not have a bodily existence, <clears throat> that our soul is present with God and that our, our body, our physical body remains uh, either in the grave or in cremated form or obliterated form or whatever mm-hmm. um, until um, the return of Christ. And that when Christ returns, um, the dead are raised and believers are given an incorruptible uh, resurrection body, like mm-hmm. you mentioned at that time. And that our soul then is reunited with our physical body, uh, a glorified body that can never die. Um, and so, so I would uh, go to 1 Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. you know, to, to back up those statements. So um, what are we doing when we're with the Lord? Uh, I don't know. Worshiping. Yeah. The easy answer. I I guess so. I don't know if there's, I don't know. I don't know if we know enough about that existence. Yeah. Right. I think about as far as, I mean, the other passage we can go to is uh, from the gospel of Luke, where Jesus talks to um, one of the thieves who is being crucified alongside of him. Mm-hmm. And, the one to whom he says, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. So I think the key idea from Luke 23 and second Corinthians five is with, with the Lord. Yeah. Cause what is it? Thessalonians, maybe one of the Thessalonians that says if we are absent, like if, what, ah, oh, shoot, I had yeah. it. And I started second Corinthians it. five for absent from the body. We're present with the Lord. Oh, I thought that was in Thessalonians. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, Second Corinthians five. Yeah, my answers are pretty bad to this one because I'm this. I I will fully admit this is a weakness in my theology. I just am very practical, and so I don't think about things after I die very much, <laughs> just because like I yeah. know that it's going to be good, yeah. um, and I know that I'll be with Christ, and that's about all I need to be content. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's true that there's a lot of um, folk theology or maybe mythology that's crept into our thinking about the afterlife. Mm-hmm. that doesn't have any with harps and wings script. and stuff yeah, yeah right it doesn't have any grounding in scripture maybe like things that we want to be true that we just don't have any you know basis to say that are is true so sure anyway um i think maybe we've covered the basics on that question that's a great question 
Thank you. Thank anonymous. you, anonymous. Yeah. You, you want to take a swing at which which of those you think? Well, I know I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, DM me at Paul votes Tyler. Was uh, the prospective listener you don't like when i say fake listeners when the was the prospective listener liz or neil or the anonymous one at p-o-l-l votes tyler dm me and i'll tell you which one was uh prospective okay yeah perfect um we have made it to a discussion of the book of ezekiel the prophet ezekiel all little books after this yeah nothing more than like 15 chapters after this wow um how about this? Let's start here. What's unique about Ezekiel from the other prophets? I mean, uh, like in oh, terms yeah. of his person. Yep. Like he was living during the exile. Uh, That's not what you were gonna say. No, but, well, I think there's lots of things. Okay. Say. I didn't have you any... reacted as though there was one you were looking for, and I didn't oh. say it. <laughs> I actually didn't have anything in mind just to help us all get a handle on like what's what's unique about him that we can have in mind. Okay. So he was living during the exile. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cause that's how the book starts. Like the Lord comes to him while he's in Babylon. Yeah. He's by the Kibar canal in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty dramatic. Like, I love that, that like it was on this certain day and this is where I was standing in yeah. this real place. And Which is not what happens. typically how the Bible communicates. Like it's not yeah. usually like dramatic retellings, but in that moment it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was standing here and as I looked, you know, this is what I saw. Yeah. Um, so can you help us a little more with the timeline of putting Ezekiel in order with like the other major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, sure. where does you say during the exile, what does that really mean? Yeah. So the story of Israel in very short, they left Egypt. That's uh, the Exodus. And then they wandered for 40 years and they entered the promised land of Israel. They're in the promised land for like a thousand years. And then because of their continuous sin for a thousand years, they are exiled. Um, and the northern kingdoms are exiled. The northern kingdom is exiled a little before. That's like what we you would say Israel or Samaria were exiled by the Assyrians and scattered all around and never actually like reformed up completely. Um, Judah, the mm-hmm. southern kingdom, was exiled a little bit later uh, and they were exiled to Babylon. And then after about 70 years, some of them were able to return. So Isaiah takes place, if I remember, before any of the exiles. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Before even the northern kingdom gets exiled is when Isaiah lived and, and prophesied. And then Jeremiah uh, was prophesying between the north and south exile and into the southern exile. Correct. Right. Um, and then Ezekiel starts during the southern exile. So Ezekiel's the latest. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah, as far as I'm thinking. Yeah. History. No, I think you got exactly right. Okay, good. Jeremiah ends up being one of those ones that like is part of the remnant that stays in Jerusalem. Right. Like he's not forced to leave. They're actually pretty kind to him. Like the Babylonians treat Jeremiah kindly. Except when they throw him in that cistern. Well, that was well, the, actually, oh, that was Israel that threw him yeah. in the cistern. That's true. Was Babylon was nicer than Israel. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Just pointing out like Babylon was nicer to God's prophet than his own people were. Is that in itself a prophecy of Jesus? It could be. Yeah, yeah. Type of Christ, maybe? Maybe so. To think about that a little bit more. So Ezekiel is um, living away from home. He's from the priestly line, isn't he? Isn't that? Um, sure. I think so. I can't remember his heritage. But he has this role of being a prophet to God's people while they're in exile, living in a different place. You know, there's... Um, there are other prophets who come along once the people are back in the land, you know, Haggai, Zephaniah, 
but Ezekiel, he's doing his work while they're out in exile. Um, any passages in Ezekiel that stand out to you? There's a, like the end of the book is really tough. Um, yeah. Um, and it, even for people that study the Bible for a, a living, just a lot of difficult material there. But are there any passages that stick out to you in particular? I mean, I think the most famous part of Ezekiel is the Valley of Dry Bones. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, too. He, he gets this vision yeah. of a valley of bones and then slowly the bones come together and form skeletons and then the skeletons take on flesh and become humans. What's going on there? Like what, what's the meaning? Why is that happening? So this is chapter 37. What does that all mean? Um, well, I'm really on a roll today. You're asking, I feel like the questions are harder this week. <laughs> Uh, but I Let's ge- talk about what it means. How about that? I guess my first thought would be, um, God is demonstrating his ability to make, well, to make even dry bones come to life. Like nothing is too powerful for God. Yeah. I, what is it actually saying, Matt? Well, I think the same thing. I mean, I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the situation they're in, um, you like the temple's been burned. People are living. They've been sent away. God is angry with them. They're living in a foreign land. Is it possible that God could reconstitute his people? Even in their, though they're in this dreadful condition and they've messed up so badly. Right. Like, could they ever be restored to what they were? I mean, I'm sure it seemed very unlikely mm-hmm. at that point. So probably just as unlikely as Ezekiel standing there in the Valley of Dry Bones and looking at these bones that, you know, they're dry. They've got cobwebs scattered all over. And for God to say to him, you know, son of man, can these bones live? Like, no, <laughs> no, no, they can't. No, they, no, they, no, they can't. Like nothing in human experience would suggest that these, these are as dead as anything could possibly be. Right. All the flesh is gone. All the organs are gone. All the, the marrow from the bones is gone. It's just, there's just deadness. And God is showing Ezekiel that he can reconstitute anything, even this. So if he can make these bones live, he can restore his people. The other things I know about Ezekiel are first that it's, he he does some like weird stuff. Like God has like, isn't he the one who has to like cook his meals over dung? Yeah, I believe he is. Yeah. And like sleep on his side side. for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And go around um, naked, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's the naked dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just he's just got a lot of strange stuff that God has him do, which I I understand is to show like it's all like images of Israel, right? Mm. Or a lot of it is like images of Israel's sin, or like Mm -hmm. God is using using him as like a a tangible representation of why they're there. (laughs) Like why why are things this bad? Is there anything you know as? as a minister, minister of the gospel, you know, servant of God, um, someone in God's service yourself, is there anything scary about that to you? The fact that God gives Ezekiel all of these humiliating experiences? How does that make you feel as one who's kind of in Ezekiel's line of those who minister to God's people? I mean, here's the thing. God's gonna do with my life whatever he wants. So if that's where he wants to take me, I guess we'll go there. 
but I'm not going to spend a bunch of time being stressed about that now. I got enough stuff that I'm stressed about now. I don't need to like, I don't know. It could get really bad. I know that I'm prepared. Well, I'm not prepared for that, but I know that that's a possibility, but it's, I don't know. It just doesn't, I'm I'm too practical. Like I said. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It, it feels like, um, I, I know what you're saying. It feels like one of those examples that would be really helpful to tell a bunch of starry-eyed first-year seminarians. Yeah. Who think, uh, I'm headed off into rock star land and ministry. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like rose-colored glasses time. Yeah, I've been beaten down a little bit. I guess it, it hasn't even been five years for me yet, but I've had I've had some stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, and just to have someone sit down and say, um, look at, you know, let's just look at what Ezekiel had to go through as someone who spoke on God's behalf, are you prepared to go through very difficult things? Yeah. And like, because of God, like not, not like because you got beat up by somebody who was against, like, because God yeah. told you to. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the harder part. Cause like, if, if you're in that situation as like a first year mm-hmm. student, you're probably thinking like, yeah, I can take on the world. Like nothing's going to stop me with God. We're going to, I'm going to be able to do it. But like, God could be the one to tell you to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you exactly. are you ready? Like, you and that's going to be that? very counterintuitive to what you think is right. Exactly. And I think you mentioned how Ezekiel goes through a lot of these strange experiences um, to picture um, Israel and mm-hmm. what they were like. I also think that, you know, he represents or foreshadows um, the fulfillment of the, you know, of Israel, the true Israel, Jesus, mm-hmm. in that he... Uh, because of his fidelity to God experiences um, humiliation. Uh, He experiences suffering. He loses his wife. God takes um, the wife of his youth away from him. Mm -hmm. She dies. Um, He is mocked. He's not listened to. He experiences all those things, which foreshadow the way that Christ will minister um, for God and speak for God, speak for the father and endure the same types of things like Job. So, yeah that's yeah. like that's probably the figure that's most similar to him but we're out of time um i stopped the timer because we hit 30 uh daniel next week yeah daniel. hopefully hopefully i can answer your daniel questions better because we had a big bible study on daniel last year i know you're gonna be locked and loaded for daniel uh, hopefully hopefully, hopefully so, i can answer your questions better than this week so uh thank you to jennifer's uh greenhouse for sponsoring this episode uh, just a reminder that if your business wants to sponsor an episode of the Valley View podcast, just get in touch. Uh, Tyler's Instagram account is fine. Oh, yeah. P-O-L-L votes Tyler. Send me which of the listener questions was perspective and which ones were real. Yeah. Or even if you are able to chat with one of his parents at church or something like that. I didn't, cool. I didn't bring you up this time. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>